0: welcome to dads with daughters in this show we spotlight dads resources and more to help you be the best dad you can be
1: welcome back to the dads with daughters podcast i am really excited to have you back again this week as always, we're bringing you fathers from all over the world, and today's guest is definitely a great example of that. We're going to be talking to a father from over in England, Ehime Anahoro, is joining us today. He's a father of two girls. We're going to talk about his own experience as a father, but also some things that he's trying to do to be able to engage fathers in Nigeria to, uh, to kind of help them to be better fathers. So, Ehime, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure to have you here today. Uh, as I said, one of the things that I love to do is turn the clock back in time. And I know you've got an eight and a four-year-old daughter. And so I want to turn the clock back in time about well, about eight and a half years, maybe, or eight or maybe even nine years back to the point where you, that first point that you found that you that you found out that you were going to be a father to a daughter. What was going through your head?
0: (laughs) Quite a lot, I must say. If I trace my step back, at at the time I was um, providing consultancy service in Denmark to a client. And um, my wife at at the time then were, you know, not yet married, but we were engaged. And we uh, flew a couple of times between countries just to be together and all that. So time went by, and uh, we got married, and then relocated back into Denmark because I still had, you know, work going on in, in the in the country there. And um, when we found out we were expecting, I think it was uh, pretty much more of a, a shaky moment because um, we were in Denmark, but then our home country, England, you know, pretty much uh, away from home, if I would say. And so. We had to place a time on our stay in Denmark until we relocated back to the UK. So it was a great moment. Uh, we had uh, family around. We had friends. It was a moment that really got me thinking. You know, at that point, I, I, I kept asking myself, you know, um, am I ready now to be a dad? Because you realize that as a dad, you really don't have a, a design script for you know situations like this. So it's more about you know putting on that thought process about you know you're going to be responsible for another being and raising that being. So it was a very tense and exciting moment. And, you know, it was great, a great feeling.
1: So now you've had your daughters in your life for a number of years and they have, you've gotten to know them. You've gotten to know yourself as a father. And as your daughters have gotten older and you kind of look at them and who they're becoming, I know sometimes going through father's heads sometimes there's concerns, concerns about fear, fear in raising daughters, fear in being a father to a daughter. What would you say has been your biggest fear in raising daughters in society today?
0: I would say there are two things. The first one is not being able to be a friend to my daughter, uh, because I realized that if you can overcome that huddle, then you've sold pretty much 50 to 60% of any challenge associated with the father-daughter relationship and the society. The second pretty much more was setting them up for success or independence. I am originally from Nigeria, and there's a culture which pretty much may have existed over the years, you know, back then about preference and favoritism towards the male child. And when I knew that I was having a daughter and even raising daughters, that was one of my Greatest fear, being able to be in there as a friend at the same time, being able to set them up for success and independence, so that they can grow to become confident, grow to you know believe in themselves, grow up to you know be able to step into wherever or any career of their choosing, you know not being restricted either by any means form of stigma if they were just because they're just a female child or, you know, they're a girl or a lady, or the case might be.
1: You know, I think that every father of a daughter goes through that in their head and trying to figure out how they can help their daughters to be successful and help them find the success in their life, no matter what barriers are in place. As you have been raising your daughters, as I said, you have an eight and a four-year-old, so... As you have been raising them, what would you say has been the hardest part that you've found in being a father to a daughter?
0: I would say one of the hardest things that I've experienced is being able to think like they are. These are girls. These are kids. They think differently. They act differently. And there are loads of questions. And one of the most challenging aspects is trying to communicate exactly things in a way that still keeps them confident, that still keeps them staying positive. For example, my, my daughter could simply uh, observe something, either when we're out or wherever that might be, and she sees something and then says, oh, Dad, why is that lady doing this or why? And then I would have to go into a state where I have to explain that. But I explain that from the perspective of being loving, being uh, careful that I'm not implanting... Um, a thought that might not be possible. And so I think it's pretty much more communicating the right things across in any given situation.
1: Now you and I were talking right before we started about the fact that that you and your daughter were sharing a memory today, that your daughter was trying out for a Christmas pageant of sorts and memories are so important and being able to create those memorable experiences and have those memorable experiences are so important with our daughters. What would you say has been the most memorable experiences that you've been able to share with each of your daughters?
0: I think we've, over the years, we've had lovely memories uh, together. But I think um, the most special ones are often around their best days. Just before I go into that, uh, I'll share a little bit about, you know, the event that they went for today. Every year there's this local production, which is done in the area, and that's for the Christmas season, and it's, it's called the, the Nativity, where where they often take part in it, and they've been a part of it for, I think, the last three, or four years going now. And I thought, you know, it's it's a great way for them to connect with you know friends alike, to connect with people, also in the community, and also pretty much give back by you know performing as well, you know, putting a smile to people's faces. Now these are moments that are really very special because when you see them on stage. And you see the impact that they have on people—the smiles, the cheers—it makes you feel happy that they're contributing to, you know, a, a great thing. And the, the great—and I would say that it's also their birthdays. Just a few days ago, we had uh, a fourth birthday for one of my daughters, Atara. She turned four, and it was one of those moments where you sit with them for a meal, having a cake on the side, and it just get you thinking, get you, you know, wondering where would things have been if, you know, you probably made a different choice or, you know, just thinking about your future. It, these are very wonderful moments. And, you know, those are the sort of moments that gets them also asking you questions, asking, well, asking me questions about, you know, Dad, what were you like when you were a four-year-old? And then I would have to trace my step back and just, you know, tell them a little bit about a story or two and you know that kind of brings a smile and a happiness to them so it's a, it's a great moment
1: now whenever we have multiple kids you find that each child is so unique and they have different personalities they have different likes they have different wants they have different needs and as a father you have to balance that you have to balance that and figure out how do you develop those unique relationships with each child as you think about both of your daughters What would you say are some of the favorite things that you and each of your daughters enjoy sharing together?
0: They're both different in a number of ways. My eight-year-old, she enjoys reading, and she gets involved in a few activities like the piano, also a saxophone as well. And these are the things that kind of get our interest. And she's also a a dancer in ballet. She does a ballet. And um, these are moments that we tend to share together, you know, when I take them for our, our activity we get to talk about the activities that she's involved in, if it's the ballet, if it's the, the piano, or a moment where we just sit and read a book. So those are very special moments that we share together. And now for Tara, who's four years old, she enjoys, you know, art as, as a way of expressing herself. And you could place things like papers, pens, or whatever that might be, and then she, she'll be more than happy to make things out of it just kind of crafting stuff, just a, a way of expressing herself and trying to show you know, her thinking, you know, what's down within her heart. And most times she comes up with drawings of family, drawings of her playing with her sister. And, and those are things that you probably want to see you know, in, in the lives of kids as they grow, that they kind of exemplify that thought about unity, family, love, togetherness, and it's such a special moment.
1: Now, one of the things you said at the very beginning today was the fact that you're originally from Nigeria. And one question that I have is really goes back to sharing culture and the fact that being so far away from where you are originally from and your daughters are – away from that as well. How do you maintain or share that culture with them so that they can understand you better?
0: I think you're right. It is one of, it's a huge challenge because we're far away from home, far away from Nigeria. And it's a huge concern because I feel that they have very little exposure and very little access to understanding the culture. And one of the ways that I kind of get them close to it or get them to have a taste of it is through video production through programs where they watch things about programs about the Nigerian culture, if it's music, if it's drama or a a movie. So they tend to see things and ask these questions. And that gives me an opportunity to actually share about how things are in Nigeria and how they're different. And, um, you know, one of the great ways as well is that we share, get them to actually have an experience around the food again and that's a good area where they they love to be a part of They They love to be a part of it when the process is being made, they get involved in trying to put ingredients together to make a meal out of the African meal and then they ask these questions so and then we go into a storytelling, we talk about things back home, we share these things with them and they, they, they kind of love it and every now and then although they have been to Nigeria but they keep asking When do we get to visit home, or visit Africa, or visit Nigeria again, which is great.
1: And speaking of Nigeria, one of the things that I know that you are working on, and you're working with, uh, with us here at Fathering Together, is to create a chapter of Fathering Together in Nigeria, for fathers to be able to engage fathers in different ways. Why is it important, in your mind, to have a chapter of Fathering Together? in the country of Nigeria? I
0: think it's an important thing to have literally anywhere, because one of the things that I believe in, I think it should be the same across the board for many, is that the key role of anyone in the home is dependent on the father figure. You know, where you have the presence of a father figure in a home, it's a lot easier to determine the dynamics of, of the home and the family. And also you also, that creates some sort of stability. For the kids, it creates a sort of balance also for you know the kids as well. Back home in Nigeria, it's a great place, great continent. I think creating a chapter in the region would be some sort of a, an opportunity for others to have a taste of you know what fathering is like. You know, even amongst themselves, amongst culture, across regions, because Nigeria is kind of a, a, a divided into three sub areas. But then, you know, then if you set up a chapter, it becomes an opportunity to actually bring people together, bring fathers together, and then they can learn from one another. How they father in one area might be totally different from the other. Having said that, it doesn't mean one is a lot better than the other, or one is literally not the right way to father, but it's more about shared learning and how you can literally learn from a different culture to enhance your experience. Because we all live in groups and one of the things about you know staying in a group is that you understand the detail of your group so until you learn about what happens in the next group you might literally not know that and so setting up the chapter creates an opportunity for holding workshops holding seminars to have this sort of conversation and learn about people's stories learn about people's journeys and how that could literally be you know incorporated into what each other do in their homes, in their lives, and how to better themselves as well.
1: Seeing that you've lived in both Nigeria and now in, and also in, in numerous other countries, how do you see the difference between how people father in Nigeria and where you live today?
0: There's a huge difference there, to be honest. One of the things I've observed in the West is, I've said this before to a friend, I'll say it okay, again, fathering in the West, I would say is a lot easier than fathering in Nigeria. A father who fathers two kids in Nigeria has more responsibility and more challenges than a father in the West or in England with four kids or five kids. And the difference or the, the reasons for that is that, you know, back in, in Nigeria, which is a developing country, which is great, there, there's so much, you know, to look forward to, so much happening. But then there are limited resources, which is pretty much available to those in the West. Um, things that can literally, you know, make their roles as father a lot easier is, is either lacking... There's a challenge around infrastructure. There's a challenge around the things that could literally make the role of a father more, you know, enjoyable. There's quite a lot that, are, that is missing, really, you know, from a father figure in Nigeria. And so when you look at the father in Nigeria, he's pretty much defined as the head of the home. He's more like the, the warrior king. He's out there trying to fend for himself and fend for his family, you know. And um, he's more the figure who kind of tries to ensure he provides he protects, he's trying to oversee everything to make sure everyone's happy, everyone's heading in the direction that they should, which is the same literally, you know, obviously in the West, but then it's oftentimes, you know, the infrastructure, the resources, access to information, access to resources, that makes it a lot more different and difficult.
1: Now, I know that the chapter has not started yet. What are the steps that you feel that you need to go through to be able to take those next steps, to be able to start bringing people together to build that chapter for Nigeria and see the success for the chapter as we move forward?
0: I think the first thing which we're doing now, the first thing pretty much more is information gathering. But that's the very first step is trying to understand, you know, what do people actually think about a concept like this? You know, what are their questions, what are their concerns? So it's more conducting the user research into, you know, what's available around fathering figure or fathering and what do they think about a concept like this. So it's gathering information, gathering uh, what's required to actually have it set up. I know that we have to go through a process of registering with, you know, the body responsible for organizations back in Nigeria. And also, we need to actually think about a couple of things. If it's security, information, and then you know, marketing as well, having the words out through various channels and mediums so that people can actually know about fathering uh, together and you know, trying to see how they can engage and interact. So the good thing about fathering together is that it already has a framework the framework which includes the process for onboarding, the process for mentoring uh, and engaging with people and also the chapter leaders. It's got content for you know workshops. So pretty much it, it's already set and ready to go. So it's all just about information gathering and engaging with the right stakeholders to make sure that you know we're doing the right thing to get registered if we have to proceed. And how we you know do that, and then the the, the length of time required before you go public. So it's literally understanding the laws, you know and the culture in itself as well.
1: and if you have an interest in finding out more of this, one of the things that I will say is that we do have chapters in both Malawi as well as Kenya right now. Uh, we are looking at other chapters around the world as well as uh, inside the United States as well. Uh, so we you know if you have an interest in learning more, reach out and we can find and I can definitely tell you more about this. Now we always finish our interviews with what I like to call our fatherhood five where we ask you five questions to delve deeper into you as a father. Are you ready? <laughs> yes In one word, what is fatherhood?
0: Fathering is leading.
1: Now, when was a time that you felt like you finally succeeded at being a father to a daughter?
0: I think I would pick a time where, this was a few days ago, quite recent, and um, I was out at my daughter's school to pick her up. And normally, at that very day, they had a swimming session. And straight after the swimming session is when they jump out, out of school to meet the parents. So we were all out waiting. And the next thing I saw is that I saw her, sobbing. she was crying and she was being held and guided by the teacher. The teacher took her in and then as they were coming out, she was still crying I said to her, what's wrong, what's wrong Daniela, you're okay? And then the teacher said that she fell, she bruised herself but she felt more embarrassed as opposed to being hurt, that people were looking at her. And then I sat that, well I, I kind of knelt down and got face level with her and said look, and I, I kind of instilled her confidence at that point to get her to think more about you know, building up her self-confidence Let her know that it's not what she thinks it's more about who she is so she shouldn't really be concerned about what people say what people probably may have been talking about or saying or whatever the case might be it's more about being confident and saying positive and I think after I had that big conversation with her she became more confident and she was okay And I think everyone's happier about it.
1: Now, if I was to talk to both of your daughters and ask them, how would they describe you as a dad?
0: I think they would say, dad's kind of strict. (laughs) They would say, I think dad's also playful to a point. And dad doesn't like us being messy.
1: Now, who inspires you to be a better dad?
0: I think I would say no other person other than my my dad. We come from a family with Christians, and over the years growing up, I've i have seen him to be uh, a very strong person, very strong pillar, and through his time, I saw him you know, build a business from the ground up, and he was there to you know, be there for the family. And um, every time I look at my role as dad, I start to reflect and think about him and what he went through during his time. And even though we never thought about a lot of things then, I begin to think about it now as I go through them. So he's one person that I would say, you know, has done pretty well, you know, as a father.
1: And you've shared some of your own experiences throughout this, but what advice would you give to other dads?
0: I would say one advice I would give to dads is is to be there for their kids. Try as much as possible to be a friend. That's the starting point. When you're a friend to your kids, you have more than 50% chance of solving any challenge that might occur. If it's a son or a daughter that you've got, being a friend is literally the starting point. And it's more about building uh, a platform for engagement, for communication, so that your kids can literally walk up to you and seek your advice, have a simple conversation with you, and just being a friend. I'd say that's pretty much the most simple thing.
1: Ahime, thank you so much for being here thank you so much for sharing your own journey i really appreciate everything that you've shared today if people want to find out more about you or get in touch what's the best way for them to do that
0: first of all thank you so much for having me on, on your podcast it's really a pleasure speaking to you i mean if anyone wants to uh, reach out to me they could send me an email so it's. gmail.com
1: and I will put a link in the notes today for all of you to have that email address so that you can reach out to him if you have any questions or you want to just connect or hey if you're in Nigeria and you're listening and you want to be a part of something that's coming soon, being a part of the Fathering Together chapter in Nigeria, definitely reach out. And I'm sure Ahime would be happy to have you on board as a part of the team. Ahime, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you today. And I wish you all the best.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been great speaking to you. Thank you.
1: If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out
0: Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men,
1: get out and be the world you know. Be the best dad you can be, be the best dad
0: you can be.